Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back with you, Tower 2 at Tale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, Cotter Clark. We say hello to Greg Smith, the national recruiting analyst with Rivals. Find and follow him if you don't already at Greg Smith Rivals. Mr. Greg, it is awesome to see you in the video, Hail Varsity YouTube, where you can watch. Also, the Hail Varsity Radio Twitter feed, the ESPN 590 KFOR Twitter feed, uh, wherever you like to watch the show. How are you doing, man? That football office looks nice. Love the wallpaper. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, it's good to be back with you guys. It feels like it hasn't been that long, but a lot has changed in that time, right? New job. I have moved out of Lincoln. Uh, you know, it, it, a lot's happened around here. So I was going to ask, am I still able to, uh, you know, uh, knock on your door around dinner time around 640 uh, when I smell you know, steaks on the grill, but the, the door was never answered. I mean, <laughs> I'm messing with you, but yeah, I'm so happy for you, man. That's awesome. National analyst and uh, you deserve it, brother. It's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. If, if you smell the, the grilled meats from Omaha, uh, then you are more than welcome to come through and uh, knock on the door. <laughs> we will. Uh, <laughs> uh, I want to kind of get things kicked off uh, with, with just uh, your, analysis when it comes to, to rating a player. I've had some questions today in the stream as far as Dylan Raiola and, and Arrivals still has him top three in the country. Break it down, man, for our audience. What goes into the uh, the ranking of a player uh, at quarterback or defensive tackle or, you know, whatever, but just how the, uh, the, the sausage is made, for lack of a better term, uh, when it comes to, to coming out with your, your top three, top five players in the country. Yeah, it's it's a much more involved process than I think that people realize given and I always explain this to people like on the other end of it to prospects about like when they complain about their ranking, when they say, you know, I'm only, you know, the seventh best wide receiver in the country. Well, you have to understand if you're number seven in the entire country, we're talking about you're a pretty good player um, in your own right. Right. There's a lot of high school football players out there. Now, when it comes to that top group, it becomes a little bit nitpicky. Right. When you're talking about, you know, we have Dylan, what, number two mm-hmm. um, in our overall rankings. And even when we moved him from, from number one to number two in favor of Jeremiah Smith, uh, the wide receiver that he was in a class with at one point at Ohio State, he ended up at Ohio State. Um, we were met with criticism um, when we did that because it's just not it's not typical to see a wide receiver jump over a quarterback in that process. Uh, but in that particular case, uh, we think Jeremiah Smith is basically Julio Jones. Um, and if you think that, then he's well-deserving of being the number one player in the country, right? 
right? But when it comes to quarterbacks, some of it comes down to, you know, how they performed in the season, which Dylan definitely checked that box. But then it also comes down to how they performed in all-star games, which we also thought he checked that box as well. Um, and so to be honest with you, like, I don't know what the case is for moving him off of the spot that he would have previously had, which is why we didn't do it. Well, the the the... The, the conspiracy theories between out there for Husker fans are on three. He's got a, a Husker bias. They have a vendetta against Nebraska. Yeah. Oh, they're just doing it for clicks. They just want the attention. But you're telling me there's there's actual real reasoning behind recruiting rankings? Yeah, there's there's actual <laughs> real reasons. You really wouldn't want it. Honestly, I'm going to be you talking about how the sausage is made. You would never actually want to anger a large fan base because <laughs> they're more likely to click the other way, right? It would be it would be smarter to then to make a couple of guys that were kind of mid three stars, four stars, and then get the bump from that um, and have people talking about that. So no, it's better to go the other way um, than to just make people mad. Greg, I, I want to get your thoughts uh, with the, the national scene you're on. You also keep an ear locally, uh, not just with Nebraska, but the Big Ten. But, you know, feedback, you talk to kids all the time. What is the buzz like for Nebraska with this Riola commitment? And just more so, not only Riola, but also Rule, because he is knocking on doors in state and out of state. Yeah, I think that those are the the two main things right now that are driving Nebraska's kind of resurgence because they surge at the end of this class. And when it comes to both high school and the transfer portal, you got to combine them anymore, right? And think about it all holistically. Um, and I think that that initial initial surge was because they got Dylan Rayola and he was in the boat and was somebody that you know when those transfer wide receivers came on campus. I know they spent a lot of time with Dylan um, when uh, D- Dante Daldell, the running back as well, did the same thing, right? So those were those guys it was instrumental in having Dylan around to help to kind of pitch the program and say hey I'm a big time player I'm coming here here's why you should also do it but the flip side of that is what you kind of alluded to which is when you say that you those guys have to then go talk to the coaching staff right so then when to see if all of that stuff is true so then when they go talk to Matt Rule and those guys they're like oh he actually was telling me the truth and shooting me straight about what he was actually talking about with this program and I think that people like and I continue to hear this consistently like parents high school coaches recruits they just love Matt Rule and they love talking to him and those two things in combination I think are a powerful one-two punch right now. Greg, we were talking earlier about how, you know, the talent in Nebraska is being sought after a lot more nationally now. How does Nebraska kind of fend off those larger teams that are coming in, whether that's in the Big Ten or in the SEC or wherever it may be? Man, that's a great question because it, it's getting dicey out there. It is hard. Like that, it's something where there's a, a couple of things that Nebraska has to do, and, and one of them in particular that they can control right now. Um, I think they're doing well at, which is just getting in the high schools and actually recruiting these kids hard. Right, like the days are gone where you can just offer, you know, a guy like Chase Lofton and just expect him to come here, or you know, a Christian Jones. You offer him, and up, oh, he's basically going to shut it down um, and then end up at Nebraska. Like those guys now have offers from all over the country you know in the case of Jones you know Notre Dame Oklahoma is really high on him Um, Chase Lofton obviously has the connection to Kansas State with his brother being there he was just at USC this past weekend going to Alabama this weekend Um, and so everyone is after those kids so you have to put the legwork in which is why what Ed Foley is doing is so important uh, for this staff right and then the other thing which they can't control just yet they had one season of it is they got to win right I've said this on this show before I've said it 
in other places. You have to put yourself in the shoes of these kids now who have not seen Nebraska win very much in their lifetime, or at least since they, you know, could remember what was happening with football. So the wins have to come and the progress has to go on the field. But the first step is, is to actually put in the legwork to recruit them. Yeah, and, and Greg, there's kind of two sides to this argument. We, we've seen it both. We talked about it back in, in hour one. That's, you know, it, it's concerning whenever the, the who's who of college football are coming to your state and recruiting because mm-hmm. there's more competition. But on the flip side, my take is if there's more attention and more talent within your home states, I can't remember a time that's been bad for the in-state football program, despite the fact that you might lose some kids to out-of-state. What, what's right. your take on that? Is that a, a fair take that more more recruiting attention, despite the fact that the competition goes up and you might lose some kids, is, is good for Nebraska in the long run? Oh, yeah, it's absolutely good. It is better to have it this way than to only have, say, two kids that really are deserving of scholarship offers within the state, right? Because the the more kids that Nebraska can bring in from in-state where you don't have to travel as much, it is easier to recruit them just based on kind of the overhead and what it's going to take to to win that recruitment, the better, right? Like, I know they want to go into Texas and they will continue to do that, but it it takes a little bit more of a toll to do that versus going down the street or down I-80 and recruiting kids um, from the state. So ultimately, it's a very good thing, but I understand why it makes fans nervous uh, because they're going to be in some high-profile battles and it's going to happen again this year. Greg Smith with us here on Hale Varsity, a national recruiting analyst with Rivals at Greg Smith Rivals, where you follow him. So when we talk about Nebraska and uh, the, the in-state prospects, Greg, we know that it's it's been on the rise. It's been noticed. Recruiting's different now than it was five years ago. It's international, for lack of a better term. We've yep. we've highlighted that. Why do you think the the the, the notice is out or the word is out on in-state kids? Yeah, I think a, a couple of things, and I, I go back to remember, and it's funny you said five years ago, because just about before that, that Cam Jurgens year when it was, he was kind of the big name, yeah. and people were starting to come to the state, right? LSU was in on him at the end, and then over the next couple of seasons, you started to see guys like Nick Henrich and Chris Hickman, um, Garrett Nelson and Ethan Piper, uh, Snodgrass was in that same class as well, but then what happens when people, colleges come to see those kids, when they go to Burke to see Henrich and Hickman, oh, they see Xavier Watts, right? And now he's at Notre Dame. So I think there's a trickle-down effect that has happened, and that's why you're seeing so many kids get offers in the state, especially at an earlier age, because they're starting to see those kids earlier and earlier when they're seeing other players as well. This happens other places in the country, too. It's just now happened at Nebraska a lot more, Um, and it makes it a lot easier now because of huddle and things like that, where teams can really, they don't have to actually physically come out here to see those kids on the first glance. They can watch them on huddle, get a good evaluation, and then come out and see them um and so yeah I, I think there's a number of reasons there but anytime you know i looked up you know i was at carter nelson's game this past year and notre dame's like director of player personnel is on the sideline you just wouldn't have seen that stuff you know five or six years ago it's just kind of amazing how it's all exploded greg uh wanted to get your thoughts on on some names that, that are out there and uh nebraska offering a quarterback uh, Dylan Duff, kid out of St. Louis. What are your thoughts on him? I know Nebraska is still chasing uh, Maskey uh, out of Algona. That's uh, a big target that, that they were looking at at quarterback for 2025. But touch on those quarterbacks that Nebraska is looking at and then needs for Nebraska for 2025. 
Yeah, I think that Duff to stay in there first is he's a he's about six three one ninety, um, a good passer. He's a good he's got a nice accurate arm, um, and he's a kid that's on the rise. Like he he has been visited by a lot of schools in the region over this kind of contact period here in January. Um, so you think you know obviously Nebraska was in there with a good chunk of the staff when they offered him today. Um, he was at Missouri, I believe, this past weekend. Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, all kind of circling the wagons on him as well. So I think he's a really good. Re- regional prospect and that's kind of where Alex Mansky is right now even though he just took a visit to Texas A&M because they've got an interesting connection you I think you're going to continue you talk about teams that are going to come into Nebraska Christian Ellsworth who was at Nebraska now down at Texas A&M as soon as he got down there and in that position and kind of got elevated under Mike Elko they started offering Nebraska kids left and right and Nebraska targets um, that that Nebraska had too. Alex Mansky is a kid that he was really familiar with so they've got a connection there Um, and then he's also got Iowa and Iowa State who are also heavily in on him as is Nebraska like you mentioned. I'm very curious on what happens with that quarterback position when it comes to this cycle, because as you know, we've been doing this long enough. When you have a really good quarterback one year, it is very hard to stack quarterbacks year after year. I don't think that anybody is under an illusion that Dylan Rayle is not going to start this year and beyond. And so it just becomes really hard to then sell kids that want to play right away at that position to be able to come in. Um, It's just going to be tough. And as far as needs go for Nebraska this year, defensive line, I think is one, I think that getting adding a guy to go along with Tyson Terry, who I, I'm very high on, I think he's a, he's a great young player. Um, but getting another defensive lineman or two with him, um, getting another like big time linebacker, I think that this is a year where they can swing for the fence at linebacker as well. So a couple of those defensive positions in the front seven, I think, is where they need to be looking first and foremost. Greg, with with Riola and Kalen both on roster, you expect Riola's going to play this year. You expect Kalen most likely going to redshirt. Does that take down the importance of getting a quarterback in that 2025 class? Usually coaches want a quarterback in every single class because of things like attrition, uh, guys transferring in and out, potential injuries, missing on kids. Is it important for Nebraska to get a kid, a kid in 2025 or does a, a, a Kalen redshirt kind of take care of that? I still think that you want to get one because of what we've seen with the transfer portal, right? Like it, that that can change so fast now. And so it's just it, you have to protect yourself a little bit, whether or not that's a, a guy that you maybe think is under the radar um, that you've got a good evaluation on and you bring him in or if it's a preferred walk on that you really are high on. Like, I just think that you always in this day and age need to bring bringing in a quarterback, even though if things stay the same and no one leaves, you're going to be in a pretty good situation moving forward. Kiona Wilhite, Greg, uh, had an in-home with UCLA, Nebraska, and uh, Mr. White out there to see him. And uh, you also have Michigan State in the running. Mm-hmm. Give me a thought on, on Wilhite and, you know what, uh, decision days just around the corner for him. Yeah, I think that he's a he would be a really good late ad for whichever school adds him. I think that he would fit in for Nebraska. And now we're in this situation where Nebraska has added so many players. And I know this comes up all the time about how can they do this? Where the scholarship numbers, do they have this? He's a guy that you make a spot for, right? Like you just will figure it out um, because he he would be an impact type defensive lineman um, to come into that room. So you definitely want to add him. Like you mentioned, tough competition here with UCLA, Senator Chip Kelly out there to the house. Uh, Michigan State 
Tate, I think, is one to watch as well. Um, that new staff with Jonathan Smith, like, I think that they've done a really nice job so far. Um, obviously, they bring over Aiden Childs, and I think that he's going to be a star in the Big Ten. And they've, they've just got a good staff. Obviously, what they were doing at Oregon State is good. Um, so Nebraska right there in the mix. Um, but landing him would be a really big deal for Nebraska's future defense. About uh, 45 seconds, Greg, this new Big Ten, man. Just the how, how exciting are the recruiting wars going to be? Maybe exciting the wrong word for Nebraska fans, but just overall, it's tough anyway with Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. You bring in uh, the, the West Coast, man, it's going to get pretty interesting. Yeah, it's already interesting because I didn't think that those West Coast teams would have such a presence in the Midwest right away. I've been kind of tracking this. I've seen Lincoln Riley in more like Ohio and Indiana high schools than I would have expected to see right away. I think that that was something they needed to do anyway just to get tougher. Um, and I think that it's smart of him to kind of get that way as they go into the Big Ten. You know that Dan Lanning in Oregon is going to be a problem. Like they're going to be, you know, right there battling Ohio State, I think, as the favorites in the conference this coming season. Um, and so as Adding those teams is still kind of weird. We're all getting used to it. But at the same time, it's going to be fun. But like you said, on the recruiting trail, eh, I don't know how much fun you want to have with a couple of those programs. It's Greg Smith, National Analyst with Rivals at Greg Smith Rivals on Twitter. Give him a follow. Greg, appreciate you making time. We'll do this again soon. Thanks for, for jumping on. Hey, thanks as always, guys. Good good seeing you guys. All right, there he is. Greg Smith with us. A quick timeout. Jeremiah Searles on the way with Hale Varsity.